Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 342. There are too many because I say yours makes it too many. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. So, uh, we've had a little break. Had a little break. Anybody watch anything special over the break? Uh, I did, but I was going to use it for my, my one thing, so that, that, that if I, it'll ruin it now. Yeah. All right, so you hold on to yours, sure. Brett. Um, according to John Richards, no, because it doesn't exist. Ah! Oh. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the first three Star Wars movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh, Arrested Development. Oh, I also uh, I also watched, it, watched the Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. I said that like a Shakespearean person. Mm. Oh, yes, I watched it. With an apostrophe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, thanks for spelling it out. <laughs> just drive that joke just home. See it. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the the so I watched it uh, quasi legally. I got myself a Netflix account. Mm-hmm. Used the excellent Holler Unblocker. Oh, you've been to, you've been in the states? No, 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 no. It's just they think my computer has. Uh, oh, oh, that's interesting. Actually, instead of talking about that now, do you want to go to the news? Because then I can do that news story about this, and then we can talk about that some more. Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters, we have Adam Richard, who I believe is at the door right now. He's going to come in to talk about uh, Celebrity Splash and Celebrity Dog School and Celebrity Get Through That Hole in the Wall (laughs) in tight unitards. He's going to talk about all of that. Uh, We've got an item buyer, some letters to box cutters, one thing, pork, as always though. Oh, hang on. No Ben McKenzie. He had to tell stories about science somewhere else. We're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. Hey, let's talk about Arrested Development. Oh, oh, that thing that the thing that you said was never going to happen. Yeah, never going to happen. You said crazy talk, isn't it? Turned out they made it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it only took seventy eight years, but they got there in the end. I think that's the important thing. The, did you see actually that they're, they're being annoyed now? People are saying, "Where's the film?" They're going, "Shut up! We made the show. <laughs> Can we wait for the film?" All I'm, right. I'm I'm really excited. Like I, I love the fact that they made the show and not the film because. It meant that I had three and a half hours. No, what is what is fifteen? Yeah, it's, it's three and a half hours of uh, not what seven hours, seven hours and a half. <laughs> seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> over thirty minutes. So this is the exciting or interesting news. Huffington Post claims that people aren't illegally downloading it anywhere near as much as you think they probably would be mm. at this point. So within, or there is, there is some differing of opinion on this, but within the first 24 hours of it being available, it was downloaded about 130,000 times, mm-hmm. as opposed to a million for an episode of Game of Thrones. Right. So, I mean, look, this is the thing, though. No one quite knows what the numbers are for any of these things, so we don't know whether that's just because it's, it's only, you know, one-eighth as popular as Game of Thrones, but... It would appear that because all you need to watch it is a Netflix membership, which I believe is $8 a month. All free for the first 30 days. Well, all free if you wanted to be, you know, but let's just say you're willing to splash out, pay the $8. Yep. So, America. So, $8 a month, uh, and that apparently is all you really needed to be able to watch it. That and, uh, and Holler and Blocker. Or no, no, I'm saying if you're in America. Oh, if you're in America. I'm saying yes. if you're in America. If you're in America, all you need is $8 a month and uh, uh, and and the the ability to connect to the web. And what people are saying is it's interesting that 
if you make it easily available and at a reasonable price point, people will apparently pay for it. This is considered to be a bit of a breakthrough, according to a lot of the articles I was reading, which I thought was quite fascinating. So as opposed to they were saying it's quite a lot to have HBO because it's actually like $100 for for some of these cable packages to make sure mm. you've got HBO, mm-hmm. as opposed to the $8. Interesting, too, it was pointed out that some of the downloads are actually coming from people who have paid the $8. They do have Netflix memberships, but it's just they want to be able to watch it without having to stream it because you have to stream it yes. through Netflix. So you have to be connected. You have to be using your bandwidth. And so some people have gone, look, I've paid the $8. I'm just downloading so I can watch it, and then I'll you know, delete it. Also kind of an interesting approach. I was, and I'm fascinated by you doing, again, again, a quasi-legal approach to this, where you have actually joined... Jo- joined join Nick As an American. Yep. Pretended to be an, an American, but didn't have to pretend that hard mm-hmm. to, be, an accent? to be an American... <laughs> The computer had to do an accent. The, the computer, the computer did an accent, but it was a, it, it was, it was not a great accent. Yeah, it was but kind it, of a bit southern. But it said it was from Wisconsin, and I was quite sure what that's yes, meant to sound like. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was something fine. about cheese. Yeah, and uh, and used Holla Unblocker, which mm-hmm. uh, which has been mentioned on the on the website, and uh, I found it surprisingly easy to 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 watch Netflix using those tools. And uh, even, you know, prepared to pay $8 a month easily. I'd I'd probably pay $50 for the entire series, no problem. Uh, But I didn't say that. Just $8 a month. That's plenty. But there was also a 30-day free trial Mm -hmm. of Netflix. Uh, And it's actually made me think, well, if it's this easy to watch Netflix and get a whole bunch of entertainment on demand and it's not actually using that much bandwidth compared to, to what I normally use, uh, it might be worth getting rid of Foxtel for that. Oh, okay. That's and if if I can keep watching this quasi-legally where I'm paying for it, and the only problem I'm having is with some ridiculous international copyright something, uh, then, yeah, I'd be, I'd, I'd be willing to do that. And I'm easily willing to pay $8 a month to not have to break heaps of laws, just just a couple. Unlike Brett Cropley, who is just buying himself a parrot and an eye patch. Yes. Well, <laughs> in fact, I found those on the street. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah, so you didn't even pay for the parrot or the eye patch. Oh, it's not how a pirate does it. <laughs> doesn't go to a shop and say, hello, I'm interested in purchasing a parrot. No. Perhaps on some sort of higher purchase agreement. That way madness lies. <laughs> You're a crook. Captain Hook. The uh, so you didn't know though that it was that easy to sign up to Netflix. I, I, I didn't know I could just simply break the law and sign up for Netflix and and get it semi legitimately. No. So on the on the last episode of the checkout, mm-hmm. there was pretty much a step by step account of how to get yourself an American iTunes account. The background of in Australia was that we pay 70% more for uh, all of the media on iTunes. Yes. Uh, and, and so it's pretty easy to get yourself an American iTunes account uh, and, and, and use that. Now, am I putting any Australian children out on the street, though, with this? Uh, am I, like, who's losing the money in this particular in, scenario? In the Netflix or the iTunes well, scenario? Well, really. So in the Netflix scenario, what's happening is... Uh, uh, if somebody does pick up Arrested Development Season 4 in Australia and decide to show it on Australian television, 
then yes, you are taking food out of the mouths of Australian babies who might rely on the ratings or subscription well, for that service. Actually, that's the other thing too, because I don't know if it can be played on television, can it? Because the episodes are of random length. Well, it can. It can be played on uh, on cable. No okay. problem. They can do whatever they want. But it's quite stretchy. They're not even like... Yeah, know, there's right? there's between 30 and 40 minutes, but there's no, there's they're, no they're, solid rule. Yeah, which I, I think would make it quite difficult to play. Is it coming out here on DVD or there in DVD? Like, what, is it just Netflix is playing this as a streamable... I, I I would assume that much like a regular TV show, after about a year, it would be available on on DVD. And okay, would be so DVD at, at this moment, the only way we can watch it legally is through Netflix. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, then uh, the iTunes. So the the iTunes thing is uh, is interesting as well. Uh, when I told, look, let's just call him Brett Cropley, that Game of Thrones was available legally in Australia through iTunes. Uh, and you just had to pay, I think, like four bucks per episode or something like that. Uh, it was again news to him. Uh, the that was news to me about Mad Men as well. I've got to say, since since finding out about either of those, have have either of you uh, actually paid for it? I look. I looked no, it up, and the problem I had with it is that that I can't actually play it on my television through my Sony Media Box. Like this is, I mean, this is, yeah, Emily, this is, it's still my fault here, but at the moment I can watch it on the television with my partner on a couch. Mm-hmm. The way I can do it through iTunes, I can't. Now, I'm sure there must be some way I can set that up, but I cannot easily work out what it is. And so I've gone back to my fallback of what I've done with every other season, which is I'll just buy the DVD when it comes out. Yep. So I'm still going to purchase it. I, I know morally and legally, there's probably isn't much to, to stand on, but yes, I will be purchasing it in a form that will then sit in my, in my shelf and shrink wrapping that will probably never come off. But I, I'm, and I kind of wish there was almost a way I can do that. It's like, can I promise, you know, can I sign the thing to pre-buy the DVD and then you'll just let me download the files that will actually play on the device I want, rather than having to buy them in the Apple, at, through the Apple thing, through the iTunes, which I also don't use. You know, it just feels, yes. So, so is, far I haven't. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm no... Uh, I'm no innocent Nancy here, which is a common phrase. Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. knows that. Uh, the uh, you know I, I I am still subverting international copyright law by by doing what I'm doing. Uh, I happen to think that that law is a crock of shit, but uh, only because the world has changed so much in the last twenty years. The, uh, the there is no legal way to see a lot of these things in on Australian TV. Uh, or in Australia, generally. Uh, but the Australian iTunes store is one of those ways. Now, what what I find interesting is you've chosen not to pay the $4 and then download it illegally, but to download it illegally and then say, I'll buy the DVD. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could do that, couldn't I? I could just buy it and then still download the version I want to actually and then, play. And then it becomes a, a case of, well, what are you willing to do to uh, assuage your own guilt? Like, what is what is the actual cost of... Because that seems wasteful, doesn't it? It seems wasteful to pay the $4 and then download it illegally. Yeah. It's it's a really interesting perspective. But thing. to be fair, I buy the DVD box sets and I don't think I've rewatched any of them. Yeah. no, it's, it's Which is probably also wasteful and then I'm just then generating product and plastic that doesn't need to exist. Oh, this is a quandary now. It's it's a it is it is a true ethical quandary. That's why Brett has no problems with it whatsoever. No. <laughs> <laughs> it also suddenly occurred to me it's on Foxtel or something as well, isn't it? In theory, I could get a 
M- Mad Men, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten that it's actually... It's, this is a weird thing. I've, I've, I've forgotten they've actually started playing and making this stuff available. We've got so used to well, and ga- the way of, we get it. And Game of Thrones was... You, you could actually watch Game of Thrones on Australian Foxtel before it was probably available as a torrent because it takes time for people to download that, to, to uh, copy it off their TV. It has to play entirely in the US first, and then people have to edit that recording down and then upload it. And uh, there have been issues with the uh, the versions that are being torrented around with uh, some of the audio towards the end. Right. Whereas if you had a Foxtel subscription, you could watch it two hours after it airs in the US, mm-hmm. which, is, which is pretty quick. So I, I think there are organisations that are working their way around so that Australia doesn't have to feel as far behind. And and then in situations where it's Netflix, Netflix aren't making it that hard to do. No, I think this thing, Netflix, everyone's saying, well done them, you can pay money to them, you can join up, it's easy, it'll work in the way you want it to work. So everyone seems to be very happy with Netflix and it's proving that if you take away the barriers to people giving you money, then they will apparently give you money. Now it's our turn, John, to say... This is never going to happen to you. Yeah. For one of your hopes and dreams. Yeah. All my dreams are dead. That Dan Harmon is coming back to community. That's where you're wrong. Because Dan Harmon was drunk in Chicago at an airport. I think he's always drunk. John. He is always yeah, drunk. That is true. I, couldn't you have just said Dan Harmon was in a <laughs> in Chicago? A, he, was, he was in a hair in Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, but it was kind of hilarious because I was watching his uh, Twitter feed as he was sending out these increasingly like crazy hint heavy tweets. Had, had you heard the Lotus Town episode? No, I haven't. He was talking about it, 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 Sony. Look, a lot of people have been talking putting about some feelers yeah, out and saying, out. no, this is all just bullshit. They want to be able to say, yeah. they, want to, they want to be able to, to build up the buzz so that Julian Jacobs had been sort of saying the same thing. A lot of people have been saying all the stuff. People going, oh, here's the rumour, but no fired showrunner has ever been brought back to a show. That's never happened. So it's not going to happen. And then he's on Twitter going, hey, anyone know any good writers for a show? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> so, no, anyone, any good writers who aren't working on Parks and Rec? <laughs> What's his question? And then he was talking about various directors who apparently he'd hire back if he was running a show that were fired in the last season. And it just got more and more increasingly until someone said, for God's sake, is it yes or no? And he said, yes, I'm coming back. Although we haven't actually signed any contracts yet. So the thing is, apparently, yes, Dan Harmon's going back to community. The first time ever that a fired showrunner has gone back to the show. See, see, but this is this this is this is where I come in and say, yeah, but they haven't signed any contracts yet. And, no, no, they haven't. Look, and, look, and, and he could well be in breach already by oh, having talked about it on Twitter. They, and it might waiting, never happen. Are and, they waiting for him to take a flight so they can announce well, it? Well, he was about to get on a plane. Yeah, and, and this, but this is the thing. It's like yeah, it's like a kind of Twilight Zone thing. He gets back on the plane when he gets <laughs> off, he'll be hired again. But it's that thing of if anyone can stuff up this, I think it will be Dan Harmon. So yes, he possibly can still you know pluck defeat from those jaws of victory. But it was just fascinating that he said that it was the cast, and in particular Joel uh, McHale, apparently just thought the scripts weren't good enough for season four. And and basically it was because the cast had gone to the producers and said, for God's sake, let us have this guy back. He knows what he's doing. Well, there was a lot of formulaic formulaic shit that came in after Harmon left. But also they're saying it's kind of fascinating for NBC is now this desperate. The show that for them was considered to be a terribly rating program is now still the only thing they've got that's rating at all. And they just kind of want to keep at least an audience as a, like yeah, it's a question between a tiny audience or no audience seems to be the choice now at NBC mm-hmm. to a degree where they will bring back this man, who, as we mentioned, is a crazy drunken person. So crazy, but very talented. Crazy. Oh, very very talented. 
Oh, I'm. This I'm, is quite a functional drug. I'm so looking he's forward. But, he's, he's, oh yeah. Oh no. He he's is. Quite he is such a high fun- functioning alcoholic. He really is. Speaking of people who who are looking for jobs, Matt <laughs> Smith as going back to community. So Matt Smith from Doctor Who was drunk at Rare <laughs> Airport in Chicago. Uh, Matt Smith from Doctor Who has retired. Uh, after admitting that, he, after saying he would be back for season eight, or at least implying he was going to be back for season eight, uh, and got reported everywhere, and then a week later they went, actually, when he said he was, he meant he's not. So he'll be leaving in the Christmas special. So here's the eleventh Doctor. The eleventh Doctor. Have, have they found a workaround for for the for for the, the limitation? limitation? Um, not yet. Although it looks like that might be part of the plot of the fiftieth anniversary special, which will be on November twenty third. Uh-huh. So. That may well be part of the plot. And he had a four-year contract. And it's interesting that he's only done three seasons, but because of this just... Split season? Yeah, and term, from what we can tell, turmoil in the production offices in Cardiff for the last two years. That, in fact, he's only done three seasons because they took four years to do them. Uh, so he said he'll be there for the 50th anniversary special because, of course, you would. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to do the Christmas special, which I imagine will be sort of more focused on him as a farewell story, and I believe that is it. The weird thing, too, is he's only done, I think, two episodes less than David Tennant, yet somehow it feels like he's been there for such a short amount mm. of time. I think, again, because it's been so bitty and broken up. and yeah. So Matt Smith is leaving. This is, like, huger news than I expected it to be because, you know, he has to leave sometime, and, uh, and he had had... A, Everything worked out contractually. I was at the I was at the Astor Theatre uh, l- last Sunday, and people were talking about it in the cinema. I think though also, I mean, look, it's always a big news when a doctor leaves or is hired. But I think also in this case, the BBC stories the BBC accidentally emailed this information on a group email when they weren't meant to, then had embargoed the news until midnight. But also releasing the news at midnight is really weird. It's like the BBC's trying to downplay it, which is making it weirder. There's all this strangeness going on. It's like Senator Conroy releasing all of his media stuff on Friday at It kind of is. like, And it feels, and this whole year, which is the 50th anniversary, and Stephen Moffat, the showrunner, said, oh, we'll be taking over television. And and in fact, we've had eight fairly lacklustre episodes. Like, So we've had fewer mm, episodes. It's Dennis Potter. It's not really, yeah. And I think there's just a sense of everything sort of falling apart at the moment. So, and it's interesting too because the rumours that he was leaving had been going around for over a month. Uh, and and they were going, oh no, there's no truth to that. No truth to that at all. Oh, it's true. So yeah, it's look, it's big news. It'll be interesting what's happening with it. Uh, it's interesting that the public... Uh, every year, you know, every time this happens, there's always kind of, will we get a black doctor? Will we get a female doctor? It's funny how this is the first time in which it seems to be more people are keen on that idea than against it, which is kind of interesting to see that society's changing. Actually, that would be quite interesting, and it would be nice to, for the show to shake itself up a bit, uh, which I think also makes it almost certainly this is the, the one time we definitely won't have that. What about a woman in blackface? Yes. That is the Box Cutters News. Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. Hey, Lawrence Mooney is on the TV now, isn't he? Because when he recorded he that, he was no one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, we were pretending that he, he was someone to, famous. He used to just be he, he used to be the guy who used to do those those funny shows once a month, once a once a year, yeah. once a year for a month. He would do a funny show, 
And then he'd go away. Now he's on the telly. People are tweeting all about him and stuff. Mm. He's on a show called Dirty Laundry, which happens live on ABC2 at some time that I don't know because it just ends up on my IQ and I watch it later. <laughs> That's that's a glory of live television. Ah, uh, live television. You can watch it whenever you want. Hey, Brett. Yes. Uh, if you wanted to uh, watch a TV show where you had to learn how to get your dog to jump through a <laughs> hole and fall off like 20 feet of ledge into water smoothly, mm-hmm. who would you ask? Uh, Dipper. <laughs> Good call. Next segment. <laughs> I don't bite. No, it's, well, see, I would... Possibly, but I don't have his phone number. So I would ask Adam Richard. Hi. Hi. You could ask Larry Emder. He did both those shows as well. But he didn't do all three. All three. All three, because Hole in the Wall was one of them. Oh, you, the had to, you had to throw the, the dog yeah. through the hole. Yeah. Through the hole. Well, no, see, there were holes for the dog to go even, through. On even the dog you've show. forgotten Hole in the Wall. Is it? I did. <laughs> this is the thing, though, because we've, we've actually come in to talk about being the celebrity on these shows. The alleged celebrity. Well, uh, no, the, the, you know. <laughs> the alleged celebrity. <laughs> for, for, the, for the purposes of this, let's purposes, call you a celebrity. Yeah. Well, I've been on two shows with celebrity in the title. It must count. But because uh, we've talked to people who weren't celebrities who've yes. done this, we've talked to people who've made these sort of shows, yes. but we've never talked to someone in a position to lose something <laughs> <laughs> from us. I know, and I'm really devastated because apparently, if you won Celebrity Splash, you got your dignity back. That was the prize. <laughs> so I'm really upset. Who, so did, who did win Celebrity Splash? Uh, I believe it was a piece of turf uh, <laughs> that, that was once on a cricket pitch. No, it was uh, Andrew Simons. Very oh. delightful, Andrew Simons. Oh, oh, he's uh, yeah, he's, he's he played cricket once upon a time. He did, he did, and uh, he was it was nice, nice little all rounder. Andrew yes. Simons did 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 good. He he was a great cricketer. Wouldn't pick him for a uh, for, for for a splasher. Well, he's but, a he's a fisherman now, so he spends a lot of time with water. Ah, uh, he's he's used to being wet. Yeah. The, <laughs> you don't spend much time wet in a diving show, by the way. Most of it you're dry, <laughs> and then you're wet, and then you're out. Ah. <laughs> uh. You don't know, like I I got in trouble for not leaving the pool. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, you can get out now. I know I can. But, but it's not nice here. So there, there there were people in Celebrity Splash who didn't take it very seriously. No. And then there was Paul Fennick. And Oh, Paulie. And he he took it really seriously and really wanted to be a good diver. The other thing with Paulie was like when the when we did the live shows, like they're in they're at Homebush at the Olympic Village mm-hmm. thing, you know, the Olympic Swim Center, which is in the west of Sydney, which is Paulie's, you know, fan base in his hometown. And so he would go out and help the warm up guy warm up and just G everyone up who was from west of, you know, Pitt Street. Um and yeah, and they went so mental for him because you know, they're all, oh, we're all Westies together. Uh, that he just, I think he went into adrenaline overdrive. I, don't, I think his brain disengaged and he was all ego. Is that unusual though? Because I want to ask, looking at the, the three you've been in now, mm. how, how much do the celebrities, like how important is the game to the celebrities? I, it, I think it depends on the personality of the celebrity. Like the sporty ones, they're just weirdly competitive in and of themselves. And then there's also the thing of like, you don't want to look like a complete dickhead. Like, you go, oh, I should learn something. Like, I'm getting paid to be here for the next eight hours. (laughs) I should find out how not to hurt myself in the water, which I was unsuccessful at. 
I was injured. I, I, you, you, you did tweet a picture of you being loaded into an ambulance yeah, with, with a, a neck uh, brace on. With a neck brace on. And yeah. I, I then Googled and found no coverage of what had happened. No. What, what happened? <laughs> we weren't allowed to talk about it. Uh, they showed it on the final episode, which is, I think, I think that segment went to her at 2 a.m. on 7 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got concussion and had a suspected spinal injury, but. What did oh, you do? Oh, I just did what did you do a Gregor Gainus? No, I did. I it, it was water. I hit the water at a bad angle. You meant to like land like hands. For, you put your hands together and you because the hands are supposed to break the water. Yeah, and your hands break the water and your head goes through the hole that your hands make yep. in the water. But uh, I hadn't got my hands together and I just smacked my forehead right on the wall. Oh. I was and only for three metres. It wasn't even very high. <laughs> and it's what? not even a competition platform. You can't compete from there. <laughs> so what? Uh, so I, I've, I have two, two questions about that. Mm. What sort of waiver do you have to sign? And why does your agent think it would be a good idea to go on this show? Um, well, they, I got a phone call outside of my agent mm-hmm. from the Channel 7 because they kind of sound you out. It's like, oh... Would you be prepared, you know, before they bother with the negotiations and stuff? Because if you're just going to say no, what's the point of them yep. throwing money at you? Uh, so, yeah, I had a conversation with a producer and said, yeah, yeah, that sounds like fun. I have been on Hole in the Wall and Celebrity Dog School. <laughs> Clearly, I don't give a two, two poos. Um, and, yeah, my agent was concerned about the safety uh, issues, but... You know, there is uh, the possibility of being the nicest house in a very ugly street. <laughs> really? Is that, is that part of what that was? That was part of my thinking. I just thought, well, you know, I can always be the wacky fat one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they asked Dave Anil, he said no. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what is the goal, though? I mean, from, from the point of view of celebrity, is it is this like a big thing you're hoping is going to ratchet you up? Or, or is it just that the cash is nice? Yeah, like, what's the... It was a fifth of my mortgage. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, in any of these things, you kind of go, well, money first. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. well, that's my priority. Like, you know, like they could say, oh, it's good for you. People think it's good for their profile, but I'm like, well, who cares about profile? It's... I've got a job. I do the radio. Like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have. think it is good for the profile? Does it does it do anything? I, I don't know. I think if you were well, it was a huge for Ando doing Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that show on Channel Seven now, and he's you know they've you know he's I think his book sold on the back of Dancing with the Stars. So there's bit. It was good for. It can be really good for your profile, or you know it can just be nothing. Like there's. I'm sure if you had a look at the list of people who've been on Dancing with the Stars, you would go, oh, I didn't know they did that. Because no one remembers anyone that even wins that show. So, <laughs> so, the, so the worst case is it's not detrimental. Yeah. So it can't, can't harm you. You can't come out badly uh, other, from Celebrity Dog School. Other than... Other than uh, well, celebrity dog school. There's no spinal injuries. No, well, I but, I did. I came up with blood all over me at one point on celebrity dog school. I just was rolling on the ground with the dog, and I hit my head on a stick. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, and I you are one. the hardest. You are the hardest celebrity to insure now. <laughs> I did once get a stick in the head too at celebrity dog school, and I, like a, like the training stick. They went to. Point at something and I got in the way. Surely, stick in the head is the sequel to Hole in the Wall. <laughs> well, I've been trying to get that show up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, y- y- your agent has gone. Yeah, we can afford to lose Adam. And 
and you've- it's not like it's not that dangerous. You have you know you get a lot of training from Olympic medal divers. Like yeah. you know we. Yeah, there was a lot of training. And which, which and is that was just celebrity dog school. Yay! <laughs> which, but that's like that, that's an amazing experience in, in yeah. itself. You're getting paid to do something that people would ordinarily pay to do. Well, and the other thing is, like you know, now that I'm 29, <laughs> um, <laughs> and some months. some months, no, like I'm I'm 42, and when you're in your 40s, you don't learn new things. You know, you don't get new friends. You shed a lot of people. Um, but you know, like lots of you don't kind of have new experiences. So it was one of those things I just thought I felt like a 45 year old bachelor going to the Arthur Murray dance school like I've just gone oh I'm going to learn the, the the foxtrot this month like it was it was a new a new skill base a new exciting thing and if I hadn't had discovered that there's something seriously wrong with my neck I probably would have continued diving because it's really fun and exciting and thrilling um and horrifying but it's you know yeah, it's it. It was a fun thing to do. So, do you think that's actually a big push point for the celebrities? Then it's it's probably just the fun. Yeah, it's, it's something new. It's something different. It's you know, like I, you know, the the money's not spectacular enough to go. Oh, like this is you know, I'm going to do this show and I'm never going to have to work again. It's kind of like you know, ah, oh, this will see me through a few months. Because <laughs> it didn't strike me as the kind of show that Josh Thomas necessarily needed either. Like he's already been on talking about your generation. Yes, yeah, you know, it didn't feel like this was necessarily going to. He also has a mortgage, and, and <laughs> as we've experienced, is working at the ABC, which is uh, like working for the doll, really. <laughs> Slightly less than the doll. <laughs> you get more dignity when you work for the doll. You do. <laughs> at least when you're cleaning graffiti or something, you're doing something good. <laughs> which I, I think Not providing fodder for ABC3. I think that's largely how Lawrence Mooney gets away with all the things that he does on, uh, on Dirty Laundry. Yeah, because he, he's safe in the knowledge that eight people can mm. see it. <laughs> Everyone else has worked out how to set up their set-top boxes. In Mildura, I want to complain about this, but I don't. I don't know how to turn it on. <laughs> so, for you, what was the difference between, say, going into celebrity dog school and celebrity splash? Like, because you, your career's changed quite a bit in yeah. that period. Was it was it different? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, very different. Well, celebrity dog school at the time, I was a not only not a celebrity. I didn't have a dog, <laughs> <laughs> so I I had to adopt one from the. You know, the pound. <laughs> oh, sorry, they don't call it the pound. The RSPCA. Uh, or the Lost Dogs Home. But yeah, so I had to get a dog. And, and you know, it was there was apparently, I heard through the grapevine, one celebrity who was approached to do Celebrity Dog School who said, can I get the dog and then can I give it back? <laughs> and they said, no, a dog is for life, not just for Celebrity Dog School. <laughs> so I, you know. My ex-boyfriend now has my dog. But, you know, I still see the dog. I have hesitation <laughs> for my adopted dog. But in that case, though, that was because having a dog would be fun as opposed yeah. to, you yeah, know, this will change my career. Yeah, no, it was just, you know, it was, you know, how many people can look at their dog and say, well, good on you. You paid the rent for a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and like, it was, you know, the other thing, the same thing with Splash as with um, Dog School and to an extent, hole in the wall. Although I didn't have much say over the final edit, but it's, there's not much family viewing on television. There's not much that whole families can sit down and watch as as a group, where there's something for the parents to laugh at and something the kids to be excited about. Like when we were training for Celebrity Splash at um, the MSAC, the Sports and Aquatic Centre in Melbourne, 
you know, school groups would come in the whole time we're training and occasionally someone would yell out, hi, Bryn, and that was about it. And then after the first two episodes went to air that weekend, every child in the place was screaming out to all of us, like, oh, Tamsin, hi, Adam, how are you? Oh, my God, Nick. And, like, it, like kids loved it, which... I, which made me wonder why Channel 7 decided to program the final episode at midnight on a Thursday. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like kids were really into it. Parents probably not terribly. But, you know, it's something the family can sit down and watch and know that it's just going to be harmless, you know, entertainment. And there'll be, you know, no revealed boobs. And they won't have to explain an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> and, and kids get to learn about a sport other than football. Other than football, yeah. An Olympic sport. Uh and, it, and one of the only Olympic sports that still has a level of creativity to it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not a mechanical sport where if you do this, then you get this many points. Like yeah. It's, oh, well, it was pretty. <laughs> With the non-famous people, when they mm. do these sort of shows, there's always a lot of kind of moulding them into playing certain characters. Like the cast, but they're also then, yes. you know, uh, dressed in a certain way. They're told to do a certain sort of role. Does that happen all with celebrity stuff? Like, do you get direction to be uh, more one thing or another? No, they kind of just leave you up to your own devices. You, they kind of direct your, you know, your journey, for want of a better word. And different production companies do that better or worse than others, like, depending. Like, we had, like, our producers in Melbourne were really, really good. They, you know, were really interested in following what was happening. But, uh, you know, then it would get to Sydney and they'd cut the package into whatever they felt like cutting it into. So... Yeah, you'd we'd, you'd record this whole story and then it, then it'd go to air and you're like, oh, all those things didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you have a journey? Was there a journey? Well, I had a journey, but Paulie had the same journey, so he got to keep it. I <laughs> I also busted my eardrum in the first week of training. Oh, so. so that's 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 a common injury. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It happens a lot. Burst eardrums because you land if you land on the side of your face, which I did <laughs> several times. Um, yeah, the sudden rush of air can push everything out, and then you go underwater, so the pressure builds up. Yeah, it's it's a really common injury. That's terrifying and and, and exciting. Yeah, which is uh, and painful. Which is what I imagine like b- being on Celebrity Apprentice would be. Like. <laughs> I see. Now that's what my agent said. Look, if someone rings, you say no. Oh, really? Because, do not do this show. Because Brian Mannix was so angry yeah. that he that he told tales out of school, seemingly. Mm. And I couldn't work out if he was really, really angry or if everyone's gone, well, we're all used to Brian Mannix complaining about stuff. So what if we make him the story and that way we get, uh, we, we get more coverage for... Apparently, look, I've not done it, so I don't know, uh, but... I have heard stories that they they restrict information on that show. So, the, like, you know, when this is the worst thing, like, I hate using the word celebrity, but, you know, when you do a gig, your agent will furnish you with so much information. Sometimes you don't even need to look at it. It's like, yeah, 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 I've got to turn up here and go there and that's going to happen. And, oh, that person's also on the bill. And, oh, yeah, I don't like them, but, you know, I'll put up with it. You know, so you get all this information, but apparently what they do is restrict information. So... All these people who are used to being over-furnished with information are in an information vacuum. So they turn into William Hurt and Altered States. <laughs> and they just go, why don't I know things? I need to know things. And they all start to theorise about what could be happening and they start to make up things and they get on each other's nerves because it's like, well, he told me that. And it's like, yes, well, he made that up. So, it, you know, they start to 
really agitate them. And I don't know whether that's a deliberate thing or that's just something they've inherited from the American version or because, you know, sometimes with these formats, you have to do every single thing that happens in the other one. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know whether that's something they do to the crazy American celebrities because they're awfully wound up on that one too. And, yeah, they just go nuts. Because the same thing happens with Big Brother, you know, when they lock them in the house or the lockdown or whatever it is and they don't know anything. And so when they all get in the house, they're mental because they've not known stuff for ages except themselves. And it's, yeah. So would you do that? Celebrity Big Brother? Um, oh, Celebrity Big Brother, maybe no. No, no I watched that last one. It was terrifying. Which, so which ones? Which ones would you do? Which, I'm just curious. What I don't ones? Know. What would you go? Oh, actually, I have done. On I've done Joker Poker, which was <laughs> not as fun as it sounds. Um, it was <laughs> comedians playing poker. Mm. <laughs> it was quite ordinary. Just which, which I think was a like a, an import of a David Foley yeah. show. Oh, was that the one? Dave Foley was. It was part of that whole Dave Foley can't pay his alimony period. <laughs> no, no, yeah. seriously. Have you have you read about Dave Foley? Yes. Oh, it's so tragic. It's just so sad. <laughs> That's why he's in Yui Bowl films now because basically he's not allowed to say no to anything. So I'm not like yeah, I, I, I'm not someone who says you know no to anything readily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're saying yeah, Apprentice is probably no. Big Brother. Apprentice is no, no, probably because I can, you know, you've seen me, John. I can become agitated <laughs> <laughs> and slightly furious. And I did smash a mic pack on <laughs> Celebrity Dog School that thankfully never made it to air. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I don't think I have the temperament for it. Cooking? I would, I would, I would probably punch Dawn Fraser. <laughs> At one point, I was going to kick Denise Drysdale off the 10-metre tower. <laughs> and it's just because she was out of her element, so she was behaving in a way she's never behaved before because she was so freaked out. And as soon as Denise Drysdale said, I'm not doing this show anymore, she became Denise again. I was like, oh, thank God, Ding Dong's back. <laughs> <laughs> that show, though, was amazing. I mean, someone died in the Chinese version, which we didn't have An here. assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's entourage I, drowned. I, I love the fact that you picked on that. You go, yeah, but it wasn't a celebrity. No, but that, that was, was the some thing. riffraff. No, we had one of the clauses of our contract was no, no assistance, no entourage at the pool. Oh. No one was allowed to come to the pool. So obviously they had not followed those rules. Because yeah, or they'd learnt from the Chinese experience yeah, is why you had those rules. But no, like it's like you're at a swimming pool, and normally when you're at the pool, there's there's lifeguards around. But you know, we're in like a bit where no one wants to be on camera. Who's not in the show? You have to get releases. You have to pay them. So the only people looking after us were our trainers. So it was us in the water and our trainers on the side, and that's it. Um, so yeah, if there were other people there, they they're potentially in danger because there's no one watching them because they're not training they're just hanging around they want to go for a swim whoopsie it also brings it to question the the nature of celebrity in in australia because celebrity is is fleeting it's a small pool and there are many barnacles at the bottom of the barrel waiting to be scraped off (laughs) actually this is a weird thing it's when angry uncles started and I think now it's not just Agony Uncles, though. I think now it's... it's no, 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 no. But, when it, but when, it was agony, agony when, it, when it was Agony Uncles, though, when, when it actually now was I think series. it's Agonostics. Um, and there, were, uh, there was a, a thing... Oh, who's a terrible, terrible age TV reviewer. She's just awful. 
Melissa uh, Melissa DeBecky. Melissa DeBecky every week would review it to go, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> they were all quite well, erudite people. And, but this mm. was because it was the first one of time, them had won an Oscar. But it was the first time they'd done one of those celebrity shows in which I actually knew who all these people were. Because normally, <laughs> normally I have no idea who celebrities are. And to actually on that one, I knew who they were. And Scott Brennan was Scott one Brennan. she kept naming as, who's that? He's on Wikipedia. Google it, woman. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he was on he was, Comedy Stink, Comedy Inc. Yeah. He was on on Skit House. He was on Skit House. He was on Neighbours for a while. But, he was on Neighbours for a while. Yeah. He's uh, in Talking Puffy. Yeah, he's talk, Talking Puffy. <laughs> but, but this is the thing. That definition of celebrity. And for me, that was like going, oh, I actually know all these people. That's unusual for me for a show like that. I know who these people are. Uh, whereas to her, these were complete unknowns. And then I saw a weird thing with people kind of getting very angry about the who are these celebrities and Celebrity Splash. When again, I was actually surprised that to me it was a it was a higher profile group than I would have expected for a show of that nature. The other thing is like it's 14 celebrities. So you're going to get a handful that you go, oh, who is that? Like if it was just if it was just five people, if you went, oh, we've got Liesl Jones, we've got Andrew Simon, we've got Ding Dong, we've got Josh Thomas... And the guy from Fat Pizza, you go, yeah, I know all of them. But then as soon as you add nine more people, you start to thin out the ranks. Like, oh, yeah, there's a Miss Australia and an underwear model and that guy from the radio that's only on in Melbourne. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't double them up either, really, can you? You've got no. to have different types. That's, that's why I was radio star and Josh was comedian. Oh, yeah. okay. And Paulie Fennick was TV star, or yeah, maybe he was just Fat Pizza. I think might have been his yeah, name. He's just, I, it's he's changed. I, he's actually Paulie now. Yeah, Paulie, Paulie Fennick. Paulie Fat Pizza. <laughs> Paulie Fat Pizza. Uh, yeah, I find I find the, a, a very similar thing, John. Whereas Agony Aunts, there were not only Agony Aunts and Agony Uncles, not only people who uh, who I knew who they were. But there were also people who had interesting things to say, uh, because there were people who have who have had life experiences. So that that fit the show very well. What I find with uh, Dancing with the Stars, Celebrity Splash, a, a lot of these shows is, if I don't know you personally, I probably don't know your name if you're on one of those shows. Yeah, and, and people get cast because on these shows because of how they might react in a situation. Like you cast Brian Edelston because she's going to be hysterical. Like, no matter what you, you know, that's that's Bryn's skill is to be in the middle of a situation and, you know, be hilarious. That's she's, that's how I am whenever I see her. <laughs> she's, quite, she's quite funny. I, I found, like, she's got a really dry sense of humour that you don't, you don't expect, that. expect. And really self-effacing, which I found bizarre. Like, just quite matter-of-factly talking about the fact that, you know, she was worried that her boobs were going to go into her armpit. Because <laughs> that's the way they came in and that's the way her doctor said they would go out. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that probably will happen <laughs> if you go. So she had to strap down her boobs and everything. But, yeah, like, Bryn was hysterical. And, you know, she was quite, like, there was one day she was wearing a white bikini and uh, she was kind of sitting by the side of the pool. I went, you're not diving, what's wrong? She goes, oh, I've been, you know, I've had, like, a, I've been throwing up all morning and I'm just worried that I just don't want to, you know, be sick in the pool. I was like, is it both in? She goes, it has been. And I was like, are you worried about shitting yourself in the swimming pool? She goes, especially in a white bikini. <laughs> She's really funny. <laughs> and practical. And practical. 
Well, I love that that's top of mind. Never mind the shit stain in the MSAC. It's a 75-metre pool. You'd have well, to that, empty it and fill it up again. But that is someone else's problem. It is. But her it's, white bikini could be ruined for life. <laughs> No, I wanted to ask you about uh, success, though, of this, because I've read that both the show was a success and a failure. Oh, uh, and, and, that when the, and the two instructions, by the way, just to, for the listener, is that... Um, well, I think, I think both those things come from Channel 7 as well. well, well <laughs> it's a huge success. <laughs> We're showing it at midnight. Well, that's the thing. So part of it was, it was only rating, uh, I think it started at like one and a half 1. million. 1.3, yeah. And yeah, they yeah. went down to just under a million. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was 1.3 and it was 1.01. Yeah. And then and uh, the, so, third so week similar, was, the third episode was 800 and something. Si- similar to Outland. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was this whole thing of like, oh, it's only a million people. And then the other argument is, but it's taking a million people away from The Voice, which was rating three million and is yeah. only rating two million. That's yeah. actually quite a huge... That was know. a big deal. I think the reason they moved it on the the, the last episode, well, they, they combined them. Originally, it was only meant to be a three-week run. So two weeks of, uh, you know, preliminaries or whatever they're called, then two weeks of semifinals, and then the big grand final at the end. And so then they... For, I forget, I don't know why, but there was some reason they went, oh, no, now it's four weeks. So it was the two episodes, Monday, Sunday, Monday, then the Monday, and then the following Monday, and then it was going to go on. And then they just combined two episodes because I think it was going to be up against a football game, which they were contractually obligated to play in Melbourne. And obviously Adelaide and Perth would have watched it. So their ratings would have been based on just Sydney and Brisbane. So it was going to be a disaster on Monday, no matter what. Right. So... They either had to play it live in the other states and on Thursday in Melbourne, <laughs> or just play it on Thursday everywhere. Yeah, but so as far as you're concerned, when, what was the feedback? Was it a failure? Was it a success? I don't do know. You, they didn't tell us anything. We we're in the information hole. <laughs> <laughs> but from from people who have spoken to you about, like, do, do you have more people coming up to you after Celebrity Dog School or after Celebrity Splash? More people after Celebrity Splash. Mm-hmm. I think because I was, you know, I. I just decided to be a clown. Like, you know, it's my job. I'm a comedian. I just went, well, I'm going to be hilarious and camp and fat and then do a really nice, graceful dive and surprise everyone. Um, But, yeah, so I was, you know, I was trying to be as hilarious as possible at every step of the way. Like, at one point, I did the most ridiculous carry-on thing you've ever seen. It was in the last episode and uh, Derek, who they'd gotten in to replace Denise Drysdale, who's... Massive used to be on Gladiator. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he was he was in the uh, caveman uh, yeah. outfit. But, when yeah. you replace Denise, because Denise is famous for her chicken dance, she had a chicken outfit. So they put him in the chicken outfit with all these chicken feathers. And so Derek had done his dive, and they said, "Okay, next diving is, is Adam Richard." And I'm there with a mouthful of feathers, going. <laughs> 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 so <Porterville>. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretending I was on Saturday Night Television in the seventies. <laughs> Which is what I did on Dog School. I just went, you know what? We need a camp over the top homosexual television. It's been too long. <laughs> and it, I guess this was the thing. Richard Wilkins wasn't about it. <laughs> yeah, he's busy. It doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, this isn't like, it's not a great personal dream of yours no. to be a celebrity splash. It's a, it's a great dream of mine to entertain children with my camp malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> Mouthful of chicken feathers. <laughs> so in, in that way, John, I, th- I think a huge success, celebrity splash. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I can't see that it's, the, yeah. I, I mean, it I, was, I, you know, the other thing, it was spectacular. Like, I don't, I don't think it came across on television even half as well as it looked in the room. Like, when, like, they had a choreographer working with divers and synchronized swimmers and dancers on the side of the pool. It was, it was 
spectacular. <laughs> as I was calling it. Because there were like people jumping through fire and like there was it was ridiculous to watch. We were just like there's something happening everywhere. <laughs> Did not come across as as well on, on, on screen. It just it actually just looked uh, kind of tacky and yeah. and try hardy. Whereas uh, uh, it's a knockout, which was also filmed in in a stadium. Uh, back in the, and looks, gladiators and, gladi- and gladiators. Those both look huge and amazing. And there's there was something about the way this was shot that it just. Yeah, I think there were too many close ups. It was too. Yeah. There were too many tight angles on things. Like, you know, they had all like cameras around everywhere, but there was you know the. the the size of the spectacle was full on. Like, we couldn't even see what was going on underwater. So, you know, the first time I saw that, the scuba cam going through rings of women, I just went, oh, I didn't even see that from the top of the pool. <laughs> like, you know, all you saw was people diving and going off mini tramps at the edge of a, the seven-metre board and doing giant somersaults in the air and splashing in the water. It was breathtaking. And they'd do it three or four times. Because they had to rehearse it. It's like 70s Doctor Who, is it? Like Havoc. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> it's, it was like watching the A-team in the water. Oh. <laughs> People oh. flying off mini tramps after an explosion. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I used to love on Saturday night, and this is one of the reasons I keep agreeing to do these ridiculous kind of shows, is because in my head is are memories of those... Crazy TV shows like Mary Hardy hosting the Tats Lotto on a Saturday night in between the trots. Like just this weird variety show that would happen. It's like, oh, stop the song. There's a race happening. (laughs) (laughs) It was magnificent. It was like proper, you know, cheesy Saturday night television. Yeah, we don't we we don't have that anymore. Bless you, Adam, for for trying to, to bring that back. I know. I, I wish we still did. I I, I fully support that. We don't do I, light entertainment in this country. It's always got to be someone's tragic journey about having cancer and singing a song. Like whatever happened to the old days of singing a song? <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for for joining us Anytime. again on Box Cutters. It's, you're just you're wonderful to us. Oh, look, you know I'm very thoughtful and helpful. It's true. Are you one of those that follows <laughs> follows the <laughs> Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. Brett Cropley, you're uh, you're not buying something. Yes, uh, I'm I'm not buying a uh, an ad for Coles Insurance, which is uh, the supermarket rebranded. Let's have a look. From the people that brought you the big red hand comes the little red quote. Save on car insurance with the little red quote. The red quote. If you're 30 or over, you're guaranteed to save when you switch your comprehensive car insurance to Coles Car Insurance. All backed by 90 years of West Farmers insurance experience. And so I said, Coles little quote. It's a great little quote. It's my little quote. So for those not watching along on the video podcast, what we saw there were some uh, strange little red car-like objects being driven by people which had CGI eyes uh, while wacky people kind of leant out of them and sang a song. Sang along with the song. Brett, what what don't you buy about that very annoying ad? As as they're singing along, most times they sing along uh, with the little red quote. When they come to the quote... They do air quotes. Quote. Are you really going to go, go on, go on. 
why when with the air quotes generally what you're doing is being sarcastic <laughs> so so why what what is there to be sarcastic about a quote so, except they're not actually quoting so the, they're, they're so, so the thing completely... that's annoying you in the end is people doing air quotes when you feel they shouldn't be it's not the cars it's this not is, the cars it's not the wacky faces it's insurance not the from a supermarket <laughs> You see, you see, see, I, I you thought, I thought what you were going to say was that they're doing air quotes on some of the quotes, but not all of them. I thought maybe that was the thing that had your OCD kicking in. You're going, why aren't they quoting on gen- all of them? Generally, the people in the little red cars are, are actually doing the air quotes. Um, are they taking the piss? What, what are we supposed to take from this ad? I, certainly- I, I think it's that after being in a terrible car accident, you are likely to have a big red hand. Actually, if they all did turn out to be in comas at the end, the whole ad would make more sense. Oh, so the whole thing was a dream sequence. Yeah. A collective coma dream yeah. sequence. Yeah, hence the fact that the, the cars have like CGI eyes that move around and they're not cars. It's more an acid trip, I think. It is a bit acid trippy. Yeah. 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 I don't want to buy insurance <laughs> from the same people who are kind of destroying Australian manufacturing. Manufacturing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dairy farmers? I listen to background briefing. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> These, it's, it just, it just makes me feel dirty. Like everything about that ad just makes me feel sullied. Mm-hmm. I, do, I don't, I don't like it. Don't like it, and I don't buy it. If you watch one thing. John Richards, if you were going to watch one thing this week and it's something that you have already been watching while we were on break, what would it be? Well, I, I discovered on the iView that ABC2 has been playing Children's Hospital, which I've never oh, actually seen. It's so, so I watched an episode of Children's Hospital, and apart from the fact that I was confused by how short it was, because they're like 10-minute episodes yeah, or something, no. which I didn't know, even that was broken into two, or they had, maybe they played two in a row, but it was... um. It was extremely good, and because I'd, I'd heard we've mentioned it before, but I didn't remember seeing it. I went, "This is really good." Then I watched a whole bunch at random that were on YouTube. But um, yes, I'm really, really enjoying Children's Hospital. What I don't, I haven't seen any of the ads though, because everything's telling me online that it's meant to be sort of two pieces with an ad, a fake ad in the yeah. middle. Which is uh, they actually had a spin-off show from that uh, NTSF SUV SD. Yeah. Um, and so far, I haven't seen any of the ads, so I'm not quite sure. Well, if you got yourself an $8 a month Netflix account, you would be able to. Oh, is it you, on you'd, you'd, you'd be able to watch Children's Hospital. Do but, they cut the ads out, though? I don't know. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. I yeah. spent all of my time watching Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm so excited that there's so much of it out there as well for me to watch. And so many famous people showing up for, you know, like John Hamm showing up in the end of one scene for 30 seconds. The Party Down guys having a little... Yeah. Reunion, and because they got their well, names came up in the credits before they appeared, I went, "Hang on, why is it crediting the party down people and doing a, a version of their theme tune when they haven't appeared?" And then they appear, which I thought was great. And Megan Mullally is a is, is a regular, as and, is that guy whose name I don't know, uh, Rob Caudry. Yeah, he he wrote it. Yeah, yeah, that's so, why I'm really enjoying. Oh, so so that's on on iView, but not it's, it's actually in its fullest. Form. It's actually on completely random. Sorry, being waved up from the, the next year. It's actually on a completely random times on ABC2. Completely random. As far as I can tell, it's like like around midnight on a Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday. So just watch it on iView. Right. 
following uh, the suits there, ABC Two Thursday nights, nine thirty, Dirty Laundry Live. Um, I, I've uh, recently wiped off some space on my DVR and have started watching broadcast TV again. And I saw an ad for this, and uh, yeah, it looks looks great. Well, I'm I'm thinking of all the things Lawrence Mooney could do with the phrase "wiped off some." I know it sounded filthy. It sounded filthy. <laughs> it, it really did. I have also recently discovered something, and it is not on ABC. <laughs> there are <laughs> other channels. <laughs> this is on two other channels. It is on Cartoon Network and Go. At various times, I basically just search for it, search for it, and, and you'll find it. It is called Adventure Time, and it is a cartoon series. Uh, I think the full title is Adventure Time with Finn and Jake. It's about two brothers, Finn, he's a human, Jake, he's a shape-shifting dog, and, uh, and they have adventures. Uh, they're, you know, the classic kind of 15 minute or, you know, half, half episode episodes, uh, like you used to get in, uh, in, in cartoons. And, uh, it is so funny that I, I found out about it, discovered that it was on both Foxtel and, and Go, uh, set up a whole bunch of episodes to tape over a series of, of three days because it is on that many times with that many different episodes and uh and just kind of binged binged it all on on Saturday morning it's excellent adventure time with Finn and Jake uh weekdays 9am and 5pm on go and pretty much any other time on cartoon network talk is on the table john i've really been enjoying splendid chaps well thank you it's a, it's a good show i've been enjoying it too it's a good show i i had a moment the other day where i went I hope they find a project to do next year. No, no, we're, we're planning to set fire to ourselves in a sort of Viking funeral send-off at the end of the last episode. That will not work so well on the audio podcast. We are a strangely visual podcast. Yeah. I have to admit, we are a strangely visual podcast. Petra Elliott, our, our co-host, myself, Ben McKenzie, Petra Elliott. Petra Elliott actually dresses up to be in the right period for each episode we do. Really? To the degree she did her hair for the last one. She permed her hair <gasps> for the early 80s episode. And the fact that we do this stuff going, hang on, it's an audio podcast, but we do it anyway. So, yeah, she actually puts a lot of effort in. In the, in the, uh, in the uh, podcast logies that I've just invented. Yeah, the pogies. Uh, in the pogies, I'm giving Petra Elliott Best Newcomer. But yeah, yeah, she's awesome. It's, it's so much fun. And so our next one coming up is we're looking at the Colin Baker era, which is 1984 to 86. Oh. Very, yeah, it's a it's it's, it's a hard that's a it's hard a heart rending episode. This one. Um, so on Saturday, June fifteenth at four p.m. at Agent Two Eight Four, I think it's called. Ooh, if you like to is check that Lons- on, on the website. Street? No, it's on Smith Street in Collingwood. Oh, so right. go to splendidchaps.com. You'll find the, the actual venue details. But we're looking at Colin Baker's brief but eventful period in the TARDIS, plus uh, clothes in Doctor Who. The plan is, I think, we're meant to be having a, um, a, a, a catwalk and a fashion parade, because, again, audio, audio podcast. So uh, we are, I believe, having a cosplay fashion parade as part of that show. And when did cosplay change its definition? When did it become a thing? Because it wasn't a thing until about four years ago, Well, it? it was a sex thing for a while, and ah. then it just became a walking in the street thing. Yeah, yeah, probably still a sex thing. Uh, but um, Tansy Rainer-Roberts, the 
a fantastic author oh, from Tasmania will be joining us for that one, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. She's marvelous. It's, it's, Not the Chantuzies. I did ask them, oh. but unfortunately they were unavailable. But the thing is, I genuinely did ask them. I had negotiations with the Chantuzies. That's the kind of podcast this is. It's gone mental. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm doing another debate at Continuum this, uh, this, this oh, Friday. Are you? That, uh, that uh, public transport is better than space travel. I'm on the space travel side. You really want to be on public transport, yeah? I uh, I just want to go somewhere. I'm just happy to go somewhere. I don't I don't sit on either side. It's also, either either side's a challenge. Why for can't me. it be both? Public transport, space travel. I mean, surely a space tram, for example, would be, you know. Could you imagine how shit a Mikey would be in zero <laughs> zero gravity? That would just that would just be terrible. So I'm, I'm doing that. Uh, it is too late now to plug uh, the Nudge uh, live event for uh, for June, which is happening uh, on Wednesday, the fifth of June. Okay, so uh, that's where it happened. Yeah, it's, sure, it's, it was good though. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Where was but, it? But uh, it was at the it was at Loop in Myers Place mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Uh, if you want to hear that, though, uh, it will be up shortly on thenudge.com.au, which is where we have our podcast all about design and being better designers, because that's what I do now. Is, uh, How's your spin-off project yeah, going? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still uh, contractually not allowed to say anything oh. as yet, but as soon as... Uh, as, soon as that uh, that comes up. I'll be telling you all about it. You should do a podcast called Celebrity Box Cutters. Like it's <laughs> it's box cutters, but you know, with people who you are famous get, from box cutters. You just get Adam Richard and and Brian Mannix, <laughs> and you, just the three of you. <laughs> I would love to listen to that. That'd be awesome. I would love that so much. I, I I just feel like I'll be molested so much in that. He's as as Brian Mannix to- has a terrible reputation. <laughs> We've worked with Shambury. True. He's, Jim's never touched me in my, my bathing suit area. <laughs> and that brings us to the end. Hopefully, of Box Cutters episode 342. I want to say thanks very much to Adam Richard for coming in and talking to us so much about what, what it's like to be a, a con- contesting celebrity. Oh, we should probably plug his podcast as well. Oh, yeah. He, he does, he does a, a podcast called The Poofcast. Uh, which you can find, I suppose, just by searching for Poofcast. Oh, it's or a very, talking poofy or very specific furniture podcast, is it? No, you're thinking of rug munchers. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite good, that, isn't it? That is a great joke. I suspect I'll have to cuddle this out of the actual podcast. It's a good joke. No, I, th- I think that has to stay in. <laughs> I think that absolutely has to stay in. Uh, so you can uh, you, you can hear uh, Adam on uh, on the Poofcast or Talking Poofy. Uh, just search for either of those and let your ears be like horrendously assaulted by things that you never even knew existed. Uh, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week, same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. 
John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Look, we had we had a, a lot of a lot of laughter at other people's expense in uh, in in this week's episode. Hey, you know what we should play at the end though? That clip we've got from that celebrity show in which voiceover announcers have to do diving. Oh, who's up first? Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs> <laughs>